Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about smushed snails, dagger drawings, and a really conspicuous, quote-unquote, good fairy. I'm Beth Alderkin, and I am joined, as always, by the lovely Abby. Abby, are you feeling good or dark or, as she puts it, on the right side? Uh, listen, so so the kids, all the kids now, they're playing the game Among Us, uh, Blue fairy is hella sus, hella sus, and we should vote her off the ship. Uh, this I haven't rewatched this episode in a while, but just rewatching it today, I realized how shifty the the blue fairy was in this whole like. J- I mean, at one point she literally looks like left to right, like suspiciously, like uh oh, like <laughs> I got God, like. And she's like, oh, yes, don't worry. I can help you, strange boy. And then names him. And she's like, don't worry, Balefire. I'll get it. And he's like, wait a minute. I didn't give you my wait. name. Hey. Uh, I'm the son yeah. of Rumpelstiltskin. It's kind of our thing. Yeah, I am I am not on the side of good or evil. I am on the or good or dark or whatever. I'm on the side of a cynic who's just going to sit here and go, huh, you're both weird. yes we are here to talk about season one episode 19 the return which tells the story another a part of rumpelstiltskin origin story and it's actually a very important one because you know throughout the whole season we've been getting these hints that he he isn't helping regina he's not doing any of this for regina he has his own agenda and regina is another pawn in 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 everything that he's laid out and this is the episode that we basically find out why why has he gone through all this trouble to create this curse get it to regina the woman who wants to use it and bring everybody to this land without magic when as we know he very much likes magic he's a big fan uh, and that's where we get the answer for this. Um, actually, let's go ahead and start on that. Let's let's solve this mystery before we get to all the drama of Storybrooke, because there is quite a bit of it. But Abby, I want to talk about want to talk about a little boy and his papa, and and it's very scary, scary papa. We're going to talk about a, a young a young man with a mop top hair, like he was in a early two thousands pop punk band. Very, very full of emotions, uh, and uh, he uh, well he gets he gets hit by a cart, <laughs> like, <laughs> just hit by a cart as you just, do. Just, uh, there's a lot going into it, but he just got he just got hit by a cart, and the guy like gets off the car and he's like, "Hey, you little so and so," and he's getting ready to like, I don't know, give him to like, give him the the beat down, and then he looks at him and realizes, oh oh no 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 I I um hmm. Never mind. So, you know, it's fine. Um, 
I'm just going to get back on my cart and I'm going to leave because, um, that, uh, that's the dark one, son. And apparently everyone knows this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do like that all the people were just sort of like watching, like, what's this guy going to do? Like, no one warns him. He has to come to the conclusion himself. Um, Oh, yeah. And this is a situation where no one is going to help him. Like, this, like, when you deal with the dark one, you're on your own. Yeah, this. I would like to point out that they bring up some stuff in this episode that never really gets sussed out later um, or flushed out later. uh, And we'll talk about it. But yeah, this is definitely one of those. Everyone knows who he is. Everyone knows who his son is, even though his, uh, like I said, his son has a very like, and and this isn't against the actor, but it's just like, he has that, like, this is an 11 year old. He looks like 11 year olds. Later, we're going to see a bunch of them fighting with swords and they all look the same. (laughs) Like they're just (laughs) the same kid. Uh, And so, Dark One, Rumpelstiltskin, shows up and he's like, what has happened? Tell me everything. And he looks and he sees, oh no, his son has a wound. A scrape. A scrape, Beth. He could, and any amount of blood could be coming out of him. He's probably dying. Or not at all. It's... I mean, to be fair, they're they're basically in the medieval times. You know what? That's fair. You know, like... That's fair. What if the plague shows up? I was just playing a bunch of A Plague Tale Innocence. Anything can happen when the plague is around. It's true. It is plague time. Gangrene could set in. But I do still feel like he's being a little bit of a helicopter dark one. Uh, and, 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 and Balefire is just like, no, 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 no. D- Papa, it's fine. It's fine. And Rumpelstiltskin does what any rational father when his son is in danger does. He turns the man into a snail and then he smushes him with his foot. The end. We win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they go back into their little their their hut, and there is a woman there who's who doesn't speak, and she is clearly their like housemaid or just their the keeper of the home. I don't know. I don't know. What just you call there it. to what be terrified her, like, for her life on a daily basis. <laughs> just just a just a woman with. Uh, honestly, I didn't think that. Like, I guess maybe it's because Rumpel was dressed like some sort of like dark wizard that had just crawled out of some portal but she didn't her outfit for me didn't really fit i don't know why like that's just a random thing that i noticed uh but she's just yeah she's just like scared to death mm-hmm. and he's like you can bring us dinner now and she just had that look on her face like shit i didn't make any dinner <laughs> um and anyway this is the part where rumple and balefire have a conversation because Rumble tries to fix his wound with magic, which was basically a purple shaky hand, uh, which I don't, I'm going to have to see if we see again, because I don't think I've seen that version of magic, because it was kind of scary. It was like, like, okay. And and Balefire doesn't want any part of this. He's like, don't worry, this will also heal me, and pulls out a bunch of very dirty looking (laughs) band-aids. Put this on. Use the old school method, iodine. I'm going to scream and cry about it. But you know, Listen, it's the right. It's going to hurt. I have emotions about it, but you know what? Uh, this he is, like this is how he learns. I like that he's like tough, loving himself. He's like, no, I'll never learn anything if you heal all of my wounds. But if I have to rub some actual literal dirt in it, I'll do it. So I have character. Um, and so yeah, they they wrap it up, and basically they have this back and forth that mostly amounts to Rumple telling Balefire, um. <clears throat> If if I can find a way for you to be without your power, 
and for us to live without this magic because Balefire hates this power. He hates that Rumple is terrifying. He thinks that he's doing some very not cool things. And, and he's Rumpel's not. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> he's like, yeah, totally. You know what? Totally. If you can find a way for us to be without this, you know, without killing me, because he's like the only way that the dark one, this is the first time we've kind of talked about this is he's like, listen, here's my shiny knife. The the only way that I can be super murdered or get rid of my magic is to be murdered and that person to take up the mantle. Uh, and we don't want that. And I don't want to be a dead person. So that's not going to work. So you find a way around that and, and we'll talk. Uh, definitely means it 100% speaking honestly. Well, I think he just thinks, Bale, I think he thinks he's giving Bellfire some kind of hope and making him feel better and doesn't think he'll ever be able to do it. Like, well, he's a dark one. He he yeah. has all the evil knowledge of the universe. Like, he looks at Bellfire and is like, you're a stupid kid. You're not going to be able to figure this out. I can't even figure this out. So, uh, yeah. good fucking luck. I do like that this, like, early iteration of Rumple is he's still very chaotic because he doesn't quite have a grip on what he's doing mm-hmm. as opposed to the rumple we see later interacting with snow and charming that literally can just see all gears spinning through space and time and can line it up with whatever he needs because he is completely toned like tuned into every heartbeat going on uh meanwhile this version of rumple is just like drunk with power and is not quite sure not quite with his footing. Like, he just knows that he's very powerful. Like, clearly has no idea of the balance. So later, they go walking through the woods, and they just stumble upon a troop of children playing sword fight. <laughs> Rumble's just like, you go play with them. Um, I'm gonna, I have business up here in this cottage. And so Balefire tries to go play. But all of the kids run away. Because <laughs> who's gonna try to sword fight and play violent games with the Dark One's son? No one. Absolutely no one. They're all uh, looking so out for themselves, and I don't blame them. Listen, I don't blame them even a little bit. Although, see, this is where this would get complicated, because if you think about it, these kids blow them off. Now Balefire's sad. Balefire's sad, rumple mad. <laughs> like, I, I, listen, I was, I was bullied in middle school, and nothing pisses off a parent more than your child being sad and you not being able to do anything about it. Um, so I'm sure if my mother had sort of the all unlimiting power of the dark one, those children would just be puffs of smoke now, like just snails <laughs> under her boot. So they run away and then this girl shows up and this part is sort of played a little, not as heavy as I think it's supposed to, but she says a lot of very extreme things through this whole conversation. And then mm-hmm. we just carry on. Cause she's just like, yeah, while I was in the trenches, because remember they went and they took children to fight in the it, ogre wars. This is the girl that they took in that episode. Yeah. yeah. And she's just like, when I was in the trenches and I, you know, I, I saw some stuff. She's like, I saw him go out onto the, onto the battlefield and stop the ogre war. It was amazing. It was like a miracle. Like for all of these people running away, like they they were afraid. She's talking about him like he's Jesus. And she's like, no, I was there. I saw him walk into the thing and he stopped the wars. It was so crazy. It was so whatever. And it's just like, again, it's really heavy. This is a, this is like a 12 year old girl or however old she was. I forget 14 and she's been in war. She's been in the trenches. Like, you know, she's she's seen some shit. 
And Balefire's like, yeah, I guess. My dad still sucks this way. My my dad sucks and he's very scary. And she's like, yeah, but it was great. It's so fine. Uh, Cut to... Uh, oh no sorry she then tells him the lore of and i forget what the name of it is do you remember what the name is it's like rule gorm rule gorm rule gorm raz al ghul got it yeah we'll go raz al ghul raz al ghul and she's like oh they're like the the beginning the source of magic which or whatever she calls it which is nothing uh and she's like just go to go to that and and that will save you and pillfire's like yes totally uh, Rumple comes out of the cottage covered in blood and he's like what is on your boots he's like I need a new maid she she saw the knife she knew what was going on and he's like but she's mute well she could always draw it that comes up later uh, so he straight up murdered her uh, now we gotta find a new maid that apparently ha- also probably doesn't have fingers so she can't draw I don't know yeah, this is definitely chaotic rumple. Um, yeah. I, I got to give Robert Carlyle a lot of credit in this episode in particular because oh, it, just in this whole season, because, you know, in the first one or two episodes, he was still a little rough around the edges trying to figure out this very complex character. But the the way you, you, you the way you've described it, that, you know, in future ones where he's in control he has this calm, collected demeanor. And in these ones, he's just has that he's almost like a barking dog. He's just he yeah. he has he he's a dog who's who's trying to to cut free of his chain. He's just rabid. Um, and he's so good at that. Like in and the way that he's able to just with his mannerisms take us through a journey of what of his character's evolution, even in opposite directions, I think is really fascinating. Yeah. This is this is great. Uh, so basically, they <laughs> later that evening, I assume, Balefire goes out into the woods, calls out for Ra's al Ghul, and the Blue Fairy shows up. I don't remember <laughs> this voice inflection continuing, by the way, with the Blue Fairy. Is this just something I'm just now noticing? Or she had what? kind of a... Like, is, is that it- an inflection? But it, it it sounded like they modified her voice a little bit. Yeah, there's a little bit of reverb. Um, that was in the first episode, and I think we see it elsewhere, but um, like in the first season, but I don't think it continues forever. But I okay. do remember this in the pilot that okay, she had that, okay. that, that, that reverb that kind of gives, they're trying to make her voice sound small. Well, okay. Chipmunky. Chipmunky. So she shows up. Uh, because he's just like, if you can help me, please show up. And she's like, hi, I'm here. I can help you, strange young man. And he's like, okay, well, I need to go. I need help. And he kind of gives a vague answer as to what she, she said. She's like, yep, totally, Balefire. I can take your dark one, Dad, and we will go to a land without magic. And he's just like, I didn't say any of that, but that's absolutely fine. I'm completely on board with anything you're about to hand me. And she gives him a magic bean the last one ever we'll never see this prop again and <laughs> she's like we'll ne-, you know she's like and this this will take you to a land without magic so you guys can be together without magic and Balefire's like hell yeah hell yeah and she's like you will have to sacrifice everything and go there he's like yeah i don't care i'm 12 i don't care so they he takes it and uh, i want to pause for a second go ahead. Because okay. we got to talk about Shady Blue Fairy in this scene. 
because holy shit. Like, oh yeah, she's super, super weird. It's like Balefire is a kid. I get it. But as an adult, I look at the situation. And I'm like, the blue fairy wants nothing more than to get rid of the dark one for good. Why else would she be using the last magic bean in existence for this young child? Like she, yeah. she heard him calling and in the split second, because you know, she can, she's a fairy. She can think very quickly. And that's like, she's like, Oh shit. I can get rid of the dark one. I could just, I could just do it. Okay, all right. What what do I have at my disposal? I got every throw everything at me. What do we have? Okay. So counterpoint. She was going at night to the little girl's like house and just being like, talk about the blue fairy to pay a fire. Oh, I bet. Talk about the blue fairy. Talk about it. And so she was just like, hey, have you heard this weird story about a blue fairy? I don't know anything about it, but I bet it could totally help. So she was just like ready and probably following Balefire around with with her magic bean tucked behind her ear, like ready to go. Like it's in her big hair full of secrets. Um, And yeah, like she again, if you watch her face, she looks like she's dealing like she's double dealing. She's just like, yeah, totally. No, take take this bean. Just it's the last one of our kind. Just take it's fine. Anyway, I gotta go. Um, hmm. Yeah, she's not. Suspect. She is not doing this to help Balefire. She is not doing this. She's not doing a favor like she would for Pinocchio. She is doing this no. for very selfish reasons. Yes, yes. This is not to help a child. Which, come on, Blue, Blue, what are you doing? Um, and and so Balefire goes to rumple and is just like let's go i got a bean we can do it and drags him out to the middle of the woods um and opens a portal and falls in the portal and is like dragging rumple with him and this scene very intense because this kid did 10 out of 10 an amazing job is just mm-hmm. screaming for for rumple you know papa come come with me come with me and he's just like uh no super scared of whatever the hell this thing is he's like it's a trick it's a trap which fair point it does seem like that but you're also and again i know he comes to this conclusion in like 15 seconds but it's just like you're also abandoning your child into something you think is a trap <laughs> You're the dark one. They can't trap you. I thought you were all powerful and no one could stop you. The Jesus figure that stopped the ogre war. And, and also, he's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. And well, I was going to say, and also as Belfire points out, they made a deal. Like they shook on it and Belfire said the deal is yeah. struck. Like, and he's reminded Rumble over and over again, you made a deal with me. Are you backing out of our deal? And he go, no, 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 no. Cause I don't do that. I'm, I'm the dark one. I'm Rumble. I always honor my deals. But here he is not, and he's like, "You nope. coward! You're breaking our he just, Oh yeah, this this made me feel like a bad parent. Like he's <laughs> screaming that hard. I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Because he's just like, "You're a coward! You're a coward! You don't deserve me! You don't deserve anything!" Ah! And falls, and the whole portal closes. And the moment the portal closes, Rumple um realizes what he did. And mm-hmm. then starts digging like a lunatic because, I don't know, and he's just like, Bail, no, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And the blue fairy, who was apparently nearby to make make sure that this all went to plan, is just like, you can't go! You ruined everything! You're stupid! Like, <laughs> uh, 
And he, he rightfully, well, he didn't rightfully, I'm sorry, no, he incorrectly starts blaming her for this. Mm-hmm. It's like, you did this. This is your fault that he's gone. I blame you. I will hunt you to the edge of the world. And she, to, this, this was rightful. She's like, you did this. This is 100% you, whatever. And he starts just screaming. Because then she leaves. That's my favorite part. And then he's just screaming. He's like, I'll find a way. I'll find a way. It'll be a curse. It'll be the biggest curse anyone's ever seen. You'll see. You'll all see. Uh, Yeah, he like loses his mind because he is at this point has already lost his wife, uh, mm-hmm. which we haven't seen yet. But now he's lost Balefire. He is now lost. And this should have scared Blue. I feel like the Blue Fairy should have been a little bit more worried and not as sassy as she was. But he just lost the last piece of humanity he had. You're all screwed. You're all screwed. As yeah, because- we see later as to what they get to, they're actually screwed. So, <laughs> Yeah, because he now has a purpose. He has a goal. And his goal is now to get reunited with his son. And this is that moment that changes things for Rumple because when before he had already gotten what he wanted, he saved his son from the ogre wars. So he was just chilling as the dark one. He didn't really have to do anything, but now he has a purpose. So now he has focus and a Rumple with focus is a very dangerous thing. Yes. Terrifying thing. Uh, so this is, this is the part where you just think, well, this is this is the moment he, his character heel turns because before he didn't really have a yeah, he just he was like I ended the ogre war. Now I'm just going to run around squishing people who wronged my son. Now he has a bigger overarching plan. And can I just say when he was crying and trying to be like, I want to go with you, Bale. And he's like digging in the ground and and crying out and sobbing because he realizes the horrible thing that he's done and it can't go back. My heart broke. Yes. Yes. My heart broke for Rumpelstiltskin, but not the dark one. Because this was, yeah. this was, he very rarely lets this down. Uh, we see it twice in this episode. This is the first time. Uh, is that this is him letting it down and this is him being 100% his human non-magical self the scared guy who knew what he who knew he made a mistake um and and had nothing else and we don't get to see him let that down uh for another bajillion years uh until he's later in a forest with a writer with a terrible pseudonym <laughs> well, we'll get there <laughs> yeah let's go ahead and pop back into storybook with that author August because we open um in his room at Granny's and he his legs start shaking a bit and he starts kind of writhing around the bed clearly in a lot of pain falls to the ground good job on stunt double blocking your face good job <laughs> and and then he like heads over to the phone and he he calls someone and the way that August talked on this phone call, I thought we were like getting a new character, like an outsider who yep. was like super influential or something, like someone who had paid for August to come in. But no, he's calling Henry in a very weird oh way. <laughs> I love that he talks to Henry and he does this for the rest of the episode. He talks to Henry like this, like Henry is 30 years old. Like, and they're in a spy no caper. Point, like, <laughs> Yeah, like the whole time he's talking to him, like it, it does not even occur to him. Like he even does, like he's like leaning 
and he's got like his whole like scruff going on. He's just like, yeah, totally like two dudes in like casino or something. Like, what's happening? He's nine. I forget how old the children are. I apologize. I keep misaging them. Um, but yeah, it's just really funny. I'm just like, this is so incredibly odd. Well, he well, he employs Henry uh, to be part of his latest scheme, which is he needs to find something in the back of Mr. Gold's shop. But obviously, he needs a distraction. So Henry heads inside to to buy actually buy a gift for for Mary Margaret. He does actually have a purpose there, or at least he fulfills it. And so August is just vaguely walking around the back. It he's not doing a very good job. I don't know what he's he's doing. He's also not paying very good attention to his surroundings because you hear the bell jingle, which means Henry probably left. <laughs> you also hear Henry and Rumple or in Gold's entire conversation. Um, oh, couldn't Henry have shopped around? It was, hey, Gold. Hey, Henry. What you looking for? Present for Mary Margaret because she didn't murder that lady. Cool. How about this? No, maybe not that. How about this? Perfect. See you later. August just walked in. Like, he walked in, got his bearings, and Henry was already gone. You can't trust eight-year-olds in capers. Yeah, that, I mean, Henry, he he knows his code names, like, like, like a mofo, but do not put him in the line of duty. That's why you don't have children in the trenches. See, this is why Emma, Emma always hesitates, and this is why. Well, Mr. Gold obviously catches August as he's doing his vague search in the back of the shop, but I will give August a little bit of credit. He does straight face, just plays it off super cool. Just like, yeah, this is the shop. I need a map. Mr. Gold's like, no, it's it's uh, it's over there. Does this look like a store? I, anyway. Is this? I thought that was the entrance. Is this the exit? That's a bathroom, so not the exit. (laughs) I mean, it's an exit for something. Hey. Hey. Well, anyway, now we head to uh, the hospital where Emma has gone to visit Catherine, who is recovering because she was drugged as part of her whole weird kidnapping incident. She doesn't remember anything. She was in in the car accident. Then she's in a dark room. And then she was in a field somewhere. And then that was it. Listen, this is now the third woman in less than three episodes to be violently kidnapped. And have very weird and odd, like, memories. Well, then I was tied up and there was a bowl of food and there were chains and a wall. It's just like, anyway, thanks for the kiss on the forehead. Like, Very blah. Very blasé about being kidnapped in this show. Apparently, oh yeah, just like another another day in the park. Uh, well, anyway, um, Emma. Oops, sorry. Uh, Emma believe you know she and Doctor Whale share a little uh, look between them because they they both know like who's probably behind this. Like, come on, we all know. Mm. And flash cut to Regina. Well, that's that just does it for you. And she is getting pissed at Mr. Gold because he broke their deal. And this is where we get that first hint because, you know, of course, the story of him and Bellfire unfolds over the course of the episode. But this is where we get the first hint of what we're about to talk about, where he says, no, no, I've only broken one deal and this is not the deal. Obviously, we know the deal is the one that he made with his son. Alas, this was actually Mr. Gold being super cool. And I loved every minute of this scene because 
this is why you never make a deal with him because he's very oh, yeah. good at cleverly listen, Regina, using we, your words. <laughs> listen, Regina, we made a deal. Nowhere in the rules did it say a dog can't play basketball. Hey. <laughs> Well, yeah, because she didn't say that Mary Margaret had to die. She said something tragic would have to happen to her. And Mr. Cole's like, oh, to to, to Catherine, yes. And Mary Margaret would get the blame. Uh, And then he's just like, I don't know. I think being kidnapped is pretty traumatic. I don't know, Mr. Gold. (laughs) We've had three (laughs) kidnappings in like two weeks and no one seems all that bothered by it. No, I also like that no one has talked about uh jefferson to anybody like it's just like a secret that snow and emma will keep forever be like we're just like they're now super secret sisters from like a sorority they'd had a pledge where they were like <laughs> they were kidnapped and now we're never gonna talk about it again uh but yeah i like this because yeah it was rumble being like you just said traumatic and we had to frame her it was traumatic we framed her it's actually you that's making this worse which to be fair he's right she just keeps digging her heels in, trying to fix it, and overcorrecting. You you steer into the the swerve. You don't steer out. You steer into. Yeah, it's like when you're when you're when you're getting caught dr- uh, drifting out to sea. You don't try to swim back. You swim parallel because eventually you'll be brought back to shore. If you try to swim against the current, you're just going to be swept further out. Regina needs to learn a few lessons about how to do her thing, but it might be too late because, as Rumpel points out to her, you know. Like, this is all going to come back to you now. I don't have to care about it. And Regina is rightfully very concerned and then grills Mr. Gold about why he's doing this in the first place. Why did you bother creating this curse if you were going to be on my side? Why are you just going to fuck me over later? And he's just like, I have my reasons. I'm not going to tell you them. I mean, the flashback will, but I'm not going to. I don't have to explain myself to the likes of you. I am the dark one, and I will do as I please. And then then there's the David thing. David, David's in this episode, guys. It's great. Also, yeah, also, also David's here. Yay. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, David, like, goes to visit Catherine, and while she's sleeping, he leans down to, like, give her a kiss on the forehead, which is, like, I, don't, I mean, like, I get that he's just trying to be nice, but you cheated on this woman, and then she was she was leaving you, and then she had a car accident. Maybe give her some space. Just you don't need to make physical contact with her. Be there, maybe like pat her on the hand or something. Maybe, maybe stroke her hair or something, but you don't need to kiss her. You don't. Not, not even, not the lips, not the cheek, not the forehead, nothing. Maybe be very chivalrous, the hand. But she was kidnapped. You don't know what she went through, David. Um, obviously, this is a PG show, and like the, the TV show itself. Uh, so obviously nothing super traumatic happened to them. But if a woman has been kidnapped, maybe let's just not touch her while she's not awake and consenting. <laughs> I really did not like the scene at all. I, I felt like this was a very enabling scene for David's behavior in a way I did not care for um, because he does apologize, which, okay, good. But then she's just like, it's fine because you were, I can't blame you for being the first one to see that our marriage wasn't good. I'm like, no, no, that's, that's true. 
if he had communicated that to you. But no, he lied and had an affair. That's different. Listen, I I don't know what it is. And I don't know if like one of the writers was trying to live out some sort of like best wife ever fantasy where it's just like, and then I cheated on her. And she was like, you know what? That's probably fine. And leaves without any drama. Like, I don't know. Like, she has the right to be mad. She has the right to be betrayed. She was then in a car accident and kidnapped, both traumatic separate experiences. And then now he's there being like, sorry, I didn't love you enough. Get out. Get all the way out. All so far away. Never see her again. Like, I get what she did in fairy tale land because she didn't care about him. She wasn't in love with him. This is a character. This Catherine believes this was her husband. The betrayal. The betrayal has to run so whatever. Anyway, we're be- I'm just beating this to death. Um, yeah, I also didn't like this because it did it let it let David off the hook and in a in a way that I didn't find real. No, no, this was this was this was fantasy time before we actually get fantasy time. Well, <laughs> meanwhile, at Emma and Mary Margaret's apartment, uh, there's a party going on because Mary Margaret didn't murder someone. So yay! Remember she even gets a card. You a tramp before they're here. Yay! I I do like how there's a moment where Emma's pointing out how everybody's there to support her, and she's just like, I don't know, it didn't feel like they were doing that yesterday. Yeah, where <laughs> okay. the hell were these people? Thank you for all of the help and support earlier. Like, oh my god! Like, and then like, holy hell! Like Henry and the other students gave her a giant card that said, "We're so glad you didn't murder Mrs. Nolan." I that's the greatest. <laughs> I, I I'm I want that card from somebody. I thank congratulations for not murdering somebody. Yay! Well, we uh, see. Uh, so Henry is gets the present. He's getting ready to head home. Emma opens the door, and who's there but David, fresh off his um, forgiveness train with Catherine, there to celebrate and have a party. But somebody does not want to see him for good reason, and that is <laughs> knock, Mary knock, Margaret. Knock. I'm here. I'm here for punching cookies. No punching cookies for you. I I I appreciate that Snow and Emma are are making him pay for this. Mm-hmm. I appreciate this. And this I, wanna, I find real. Yes, and I want to say this. In previous episodes, Emma's been kind of a dumbass. This was the episode where at least one writer in the writers' room was like, "We got to get Emma to freaking shape up because she's screwing up all over the place." This is the episode where Emma is actually being smart and she's using her skills, especially her skills of perception, and she is not. She's not fucking around. And this one, like, I love the moment where she's just like, oh, Henry, do you want David to take you home? And she's just like, bye. Uh-huh. The kid, the kid, the kid knows you're coming. So, haha. I do like this because after we find out what Snow is feeling later, um, it makes sense because she's obviously probably told that to Emma and Emma is mm-hmm. having that um, hilariously knowing how she's related to snow, but she's having a very big sister feel to her. Like, um, I'm sorry. She's not here. She's washing her hair. Uh, no, she's not. Mm-hmm. She's running around. She's washing her hair, David. See you later. She doesn't want to talk to you. Leave before it gets violent. And then after that, Emma kind of does the same thing with Mr. Gold, where she mm-hmm. just points out, look, 
this is all really weird and everything points to you because it always points to you. And he tries to have a bit of the runaround, tries to kind of deflect to August saying, you know, kind of pulling what Regina did before, but you should, you should investigate that guy. She's just like, no, he's better than you. And then she just leaves it at that. <laughs> like Emma is like, making uh, choices. I do like that Mr. Gold says to her, yeah, but that's off. All, that's probably not his real name. And Emma's just like, who cares what his real name is? And I just, I like the idea that Mr. Gold slash Rumpelstiltskin is like, that's not his real name. And it's just like, I don't actually care that it's not his real name. Oh, good. I have news for you about my name. <laughs> and then we do get another moment of uh, Emma being a badass. Well, before the final moment of the episode of Emma being a, a, a strong, independent woman, badass certified. Uh, she heads to Granny's diner and finds Sydney. You know, the guy who bugged her. Her, her, uh, the sheriff station, which is not oh. a, which is a very bad decision, and I love the worst this. decision he's going to make this episode. It is not, not the worst one. It is not. She shows him the bug and is like, I, I, I and I, and I like how he tries to deflect, and she's just like, shut the, shut the f up, dude. I know it was you. What do you take me for? And then we kind of get that realization that he's in love with Regina, which we kind of already knew. And I love her reaction because she's she's disgusted, but also does not care. She, But she's also then protective. Like, she's just mm-hmm. like, listen, I understand you're in love. You're an idiot, but you're in love. So just just think about it for like five seconds. Is it worth it? When we see Sydney again, we realize he's heard none of this. <laughs> but I do, I do appreciate, I do appreciate the the roller coaster of emotion that happened through her face, the realization, the disgust, and then coming forward as like the 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 authority figure and a teacher of being like, let's maybe let's maybe think about what we're doing before we do these things. <laughs> and then he doesn't does literally the no, opposite. No. He no, he doesn't. But life. I do like, yeah. Yeah, this is. I, I like that the the ramp that they give for Emma because she's just like, she's concerned and confused, concerned, confused, and then indignant, and then she just becomes concerned, like concerned for everything because she has no idea what's going on. None of this makes sense to a normal person on the outside. She's concerned. She stops being confused, and by the end of it, she's just indignant, pissed, and ready to just start stabbing people, specifically. <laughs> one person specifically. Yes. Uh, but I do like the progression we get from Emma just in this episode. Yes. Some Someone decided to give Emma a smart pill in this episode, and the world is yes. all the more thankful for it. But we've also got Mr. Gold's adventure, because he is feeling like August is somebody to keep an eye on, and Emma's not going to do it. Mm. No matter how Mm-mm. many times he he's not so subtly implied that she should. She's got better things to do. So it's up to Mr. Gold. First thing he does is he uh, breaks into his uh, hotel room. And <laughs> I, 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 I feel like, I mean, he, he did use like, you know, the whole, he broke in proper. But he also owns the building. So I feel like he could have probably pressured Granny into giving him a key. Because... Granny also pays him rent like everyone else in town. Yeah, give me the key to August's room. Why? I'll double your rent. Okay. Like, 
Yeah. It's a good threat. It's a good threat. It if okay, but also by the way, if we're talking about laws and stuff because they do that a lot. This is my favorite thing. They're all very keen on the law and how like a murder trial is supposed to work, but apparently no one knows renting laws. Mhm. Because he can't do any like most of the things that he does. Like, who are these people? Anyway, I just think that that's funny. It's just like, yeah. this is the due process. But also, I'm going to double your rent with zero warning because I'm mad at you. Yay, legal! <laughs> well, he heads inside August's room and starts sniffing around until he finds something that terrifies him. And it is a drawing of the Rumpelstiltskin dagger. The only way to know about that is to know about Rumpelstiltskin. Oh shit. Somebody knows his secret and his name is August, maybe. Or maybe I it's like something the else. idea that you're digging through you're digging through a writer's like first of all, I like that it's a good drawing. Um mm-hmm. I nice. don't know a whole lot of writers, like good not not good writers, but like like very serious or who are any good at drawing. Like every writer I know is just like maybe kind of is like here I did a drawing for it. It's like a stick figure with a sun in the corner. Um, I wish it was just this really shitty drawing of the knife. (laughs) (laughs) Here it is. But like next to it is like calligraphy explaining what it is. Like this, this is the dark one's dagger and we must find it and plunge it into his soul. Like, yeah. Um, that's exactly what mine would look like. I cannot draw or shit, but I can write. So yay. Uh, well, because that is the skill you honed, Beth. It is. I did not hone drawing because that's not a thing I know how to do very well. Well, August uh, heads out on his motorcycle the next day and Mr. Gold starts to follow him. And he follows him to the convent where uh, he, uh, August is talking with Mother Superior. And he just has a little brief chat and then he heads out. And of course, Mr. Gold immediately wants to know what they were talking about. And she says no. She's very sassy to him. Very sassy. And then he's like, I'll double your rent. Can't keep the nuns if you don't have a place to live. And then she immediately tells him, no holds barred. Apparently, he's got a daddy in town. And he wants to talk to him. And he he doesn't know what to say. And the thing is, like, August is trying to trick Mr. Gold. But also, this is true. Yes. This is true. It's the it's the best it's the best kind of ruse a ruse that's kind it's true, but also gets different results because everything he says is true. It just gets you to the wrong conclusions for a little bit, and I I like this bait and switch that happens because you're just like, oh my god, it's him, and then it's not, and you're like, well then who the f is this guy? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I really like that it wasn't Balefire because the the story they end up going with I really like and I'm very excited to see it come to fruition. Uh, Whatever. I just love August saying Papa. It just sounds like a foreign word. He has no idea how to pronounce. <laughs> like he's just like he's like brooding. Papa. Like I like it. Well, Mr. Gold next heads over to Archie. Uh, and not because of the rent. Why does everyone keep assuming it's about the rent? Because that's the only thing you ever do, Mr. Gold. What? Why does no one ask me how I'm doing? It's like you all think I'm terrible because I'm a monster to you. Rude. And this is where Mr. Gold reveals to Archie in a little uh, impromptu therapy session that I-, I always love that, like, 
um, Archie is always free, even though he's the only therapist in town. Like people always just pop in for a last minute counseling session, and he just happens to be available. I with mean, the with the sheer number of women being kidnapped and having traumatic experiences, you'd think he'd be booked to the teeth. <laughs> but um, Mr. Gold reveals he has a son, and his son might be back in town. And this exchange between Archie and Mr. Gold is very amusing to me because Archie's just like, "Well, maybe he needs forgiveness for uh, for you know." You know, maybe he just maybe he's he's trying to see like if if he can come back in his life. No, that's not it. Maybe he just wants forgiveness because he hurt you. No, that's not it. I hurt him. I hurt him real bad. Oh, okay, that that seems normal. You know, the parent arguments with a child totally normal. I think he wants to kill me. Oh, that's not normal. That's that's a different yes. thing. Oh, so he's seventeen. Got it. <laughs> did, did 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 he did he ever did he ever uh, suggest kidnapping you? Because that's a way more acceptable option in Storybrooke. Is his name Jefferson? Does he have a giant scar in his neck? Um, I do like also the question. Oh my God, you have a son? How old is he? Uh, let's start with an easier question, like or a simpler question. I'm gonna start saying that about my baby dragon. <laughs> oh my God, how old is he? Ooh, no, I don't feel the hard questions. Let's go with something a little simpler. What? I mean, to be fair, though, it is a very hard question because Rumple has no idea. Yeah, he's just like, I know how old he is, really. I don't know how old he looks. <laughs> I don't know how old he is here. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Well, last time I saw him, he was 11, but that was 600 years ago. He could be any age at this point. <laughs> well, Archie does tell Rumple that, just to be honest, and and express how he truly feels that he's sorry for what he did and he wants to make amends. He wants to make things better. And that's exactly what Mr. Gold chooses to do. He finds August in the middle of the woods in the evening. Um, they they reveal that August knows who he is and he knows who August is. And that's when we get the awkward papa that you're right. Just, just the mouthfeel is very bad on that. Doesn't roll off the you tip of the tongue. Me. Pa- Papa, you <laughs> found me. I missed you so much. And this is a rubble. <laughs> I love this because this was the most, like, just all guards down uh, rumple. Like, Belle doesn't even get this later in seasons. Like, she never gets this raw version of rumple. Um, you know, sucks for her, by the way. Uh, but But August gets to see it. A very rare treat. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's kind of heartbreaking when you think about it because, you know, we, we try not to talk too much about later seasons, especially much later on in the show. But right. this vulnerability from Rumpel is largely dissipated by the midpoint of the series because the show got so obsessed with keeping Rumpel as powerful as possible that they couldn't give him that vulnerability he needed to to make these kind of sacrifices because in the end Rumple at his most vulnerable is the one who is willing to give up his magic. And they get so dependent on Rumple as this giant larger than life magical figure. They lose that. And it's unfortunate because this is in my opinion, one of, even though it's not actually for Balefire, because <laughs> this is not Balefire guys, spoilers. What? <laughs> this is, one of the best scenes I can ever remember from Rumple, ever in the whole show. 
I have a hard time remembering yeah. any scene that that is impactful as this because he hugs him and he says, I was a coward. I shouldn't have let you go. I, I, every moment since then has been leading to this. I have sacrificed everything to get back to you, to make up for what I've done. I am so sorry. And I am here magic free for you. And I'm like, that is character growth. And it's such a shame that it's essentially wasted mm-hmm. on a on on a moment and character that it's not intended for, so that it no. never comes when the moment we actually need it the most. It's such a it's such a yeah it's 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 a double edged dagger. Yeah, so they they hug and it's nice. And I was waiting for like Rumple to like get like too close to August's leg and be like, "Bro, what's what's going on with you? What's going on with your wait, legs? Wait, is that is that hollow? Son, do you have <laughs> son? Do you have termites in your legs? What? Hello? <laughs> and they decide to go find the dagger because that is going to put everything to rest. And Rumple is just like he's so joyous, he's so happy to have his bay his bay again, which sounds really weird now. <laughs> I know, I love it. It's but so to be weird, fair, though. but to be fair, doesn't Bay stand for before anyone else? So to be fair, it's right. Is that what that means? I never knew that. So I saw that online. Listen, I might just be an old-ass millennial who just got trolled by a joke post, but I think that's what it means. All right. Learn something new every day. So to be fair, that it's right. It's No one is before Bay, Like, actual Bay. Like, even Belle never quite reaches that echelon. She gets damn close, but she's not before it. Um, anyway, yes. So this they is had, not they, his... Yeah. Not they head okay. into the woods and uh, Mr. Gold finds the dagger and I'm pretty sure that this is what he was burying in the earlier scene where Emma found him in the woods with a with a with a shovel. I'm guessing Oh my this god, is what you're so burying. right. That's exactly what was happening. Yeah. Cuz he didn't oh. want Regina to find it. I love the idea that he was wearing an apron while he did it. Too. <laughs> like, do you remember he was wearing that like I just Dexter killed somebody apron like Uh-huh. I just love it. It's like, I got my suit on. It's Armani. It's nice. I have to go to dig a hole. I'm not going to change out of the suit, but I'm definitely going to put an apron over top of it. And that's not to say he wasn't also burying a body. He's a multitasker. It's Why is he going to go out to the woods twice? It's true. Someone had to belong to that heart. Exactly. Where else did he get it from? Well, they dig up the dagger and Mr. Gold offers it to who he believes is his son because... Then you can destroy it. We're together. It doesn't matter anymore. This is like, I'm so mad that this doesn't happen ever again. This this moment comes comes and goes. And I get that he would be betrayed and this would probably harden him, but it shouldn't harden him for the rest of the show in such a way. And so he gives it to August and then August... Amelia turns it around and goes, I command thee, Dark One. Command thee, I command thee. And I want to I want to give August a little bit of credit because on the surface this seems really stupid. Yes. But I think we can we can be a little more fair to August because yes, this is a world without magic. 
But August's leg is turning to wood. Yeah. He's actually magic. The magic is coming back to life within him. So mm-hmm. he knows that magic can come back because it's happening to him. Spoilers, by the way. That's next week's episode, but whatever. I'm talking yeah, about like it now. Yeah, like we haven't been talking about his wooden legs the <laughs> literal entire time. <laughs> but yeah, so like, on one hand, yes, Rumpel is very, is 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 totally right in that this is a land without magic, you dingus. Why would you assume the Dark One Dagger would work on me? But on the other hand, there is evidence that magic works in this world. For example, whenever he tells Regina, please, she has to move out of the way. And August has a wooden leg. He's turning back to magical wooden puppet boy. This this is a good test. Because, I mean, this would have been, does Rumple have power? Mm-hmm. If Rumple had power, this would work. Like this is mm-hmm. this is a great test of like this is this is the 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 raptor in the cage testing for vulnerabilities. Like it's like if I can point this dagger at him and it doesn't work, well then I'm just gonna have to use the dagger like a dagger and stab him. <laughs> stab stab stab. Now you have no powers. <laughs> like the power of life. Unfortunately for August, he is apparently. I mean, he is turning to wood and so isn't having the best day in the world. Uh, but he apparently is weaker than an old man because <laughs> Mr. Gold just overpowers him with the dagger and Listen, wooden arthritis is the worst. <laughs> and, you know, he he reveals that he is sick. He is dying. He's trying to get magic. He is from Rumpel's world and he needs magic in order to get better. Uh, he tried to make, you know, he tried to get the savior, meaning Emma, to believe, and that didn't work. So now he was going another way. Apparently, he's given up on Emma. So this is the path that he's going with instead. Rumple goes, hmm, Emma, let's put a pin in that. I want you to get back to work on that thing, and I won't kill you. Okay, bye. And then he leaves. Bye. And that's that's the story of Mr. Gold and August, not Balefire. So who actually is Balefire? We do not know yet, but we might it's find a mystery. out later. Or it's will a mystery. We? Yeah, I bet it's never going to come up. No, yeah. it's never. This the, the biggest plot hole of Once Upon a Time is never revealing Balefire or what yeah. his story was or how he was connected to anything. It's kind of weird, right? It's very tough. strange. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, oh, I, yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say we close out on uh, two big moments. One is that David finds Mary Margaret and tries to apologize to her. But rightfully, she's just like, dude, you abandoned me. This isn't working. You're a dumbass. Yes. Goodbye. I love this. This was... This is the conversation everyone has in the shower. Like, they're like, this is the conversation I was supposed to have had instead of, like, the what whatever blubbering mess you actually were when you tried to do it. But, like, she stands there, ice cold blood, and is just like, we had a great thing. I loved you more than anything. Which, by the way, is my favorite. They had an affair for, like, two weeks. And she's like, you've always been there for me. And it's like, he just woke up three months ago. Um, <laughs> well, then, I mean, just, technically it's true, always in, in terms of him. It's true. It's true. This must have been slipping through. But she's just like, you looked at me and didn't believe in me. And that hurt so much, I can never forgive you. And I don't want that to taint the rest of my memories. And I'm just going to leave. Thank you and good day. 
and leaves. And it's the most badass thing. You're just like, yes, you did it. You've won for all of humanity. Thank you. Because uh, he just stands there dumbfounded. Because what? What do you say to that? You can't. And and I do, you know, I, I do love her final line in that scene because he says he loves her. And she's just like, and that's what makes it so very sad. Because she is sad and resigned, but also very indignant. And that is a badass way to go. Listen, she she knows that she is worth more than dealing with this. Thank you, Emma. <laughs> and it's also one of those things where it's like, I was being framed for murder. I was in jail. I slept on a cot. There was no bathroom in my, my cell. I just had to hold it. It changes a person. <laughs> So, yeah, but don't worry. We've definitely find out Catherine's murder kidnapper. Oh, yes. It's fine. Don't worry. Case closed. Open and shut. Yeah, we, we, you know, the solution, it was in front of us all along. Because Emma goes into the sheriff's station and who is sitting there but Regina. And Regina very, like, because Regina cannot help herself. She loves the drama. Oh, yeah. She's a messy bitch. (laughs) She does a lot of double speak here of, like, I'm I'm here to solve your case, Sheriff. I'm here to to bring you the truth. But you have to listen to the whole story. And Emma's just like, all right, let me get my coffee. Um, Regina's about to confess her crimes. I'm 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 good. This is gonna be a great day. Uh and <laughs> and then Regina, being the messy bitch for drama, just goes, Sydney, Sydney, enter Sydney and confess your misdeeds. Confess them all in excruciating detail that definitely don't sound made up. Thank you. <laughs> and yeah, like his whole, he claims that he, he kidnapped her and held her in a basement because then he was going to save her and have a good journalism story. Listen, I, listen, I know that journalists go to some extreme lengths, but damn, Sydney, Damn, dude. Like, uh, like, he says like there's fingerprints and everything. Did he just go to this place and just like just start touching everything to be like, all right, now my fingerprints are here. No, because to be fair, he was probably the one that kept her there. He was probably the one down there. So like, I don't so? think that I think that he was the one that took care of it. So Regina had Regina couldn't get her like her actual hands dirty. Like it was just one of those. There was always maybe a contingent. No, wait, actually, I'm sorry. Yeah, was she this- had no idea that he, she was alive. Yeah, because she wanted her, she wanted Catherine dead. Sydney wouldn't be keeping her alive behind Regina's back. That was all Mr. Gold and whatever goon he hired to take care of it. Sydney was not involved. Oh my goodness. Sydney, you rube. You rube. Uh and yes. or, mm-hmm. or they made up a fake basement. Put his fingerprints and I, maybe her somehow. I don't know. I don't know how they were transferring fingerprints. Like Regina somehow got Snow's fingerprints on. Oh no, the it was her music box. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, maybe they were just like, yeah, it was this basement and it's just like a basement of a for sale house. Like it's just <laughs> that just Sydney's just touching stuff. Yep, this is where we kept her. <laughs> Everywhere did it. Case sold. When it looks very clearly like Catherine was being kept in a hovel behind some like giant tree that rumple probably or that mr gold probably had yeah but you know what so emma has solved the case except she knows that this is bullshit she knows 
that something is going on and she knows that Regina again thinks that she's won, but Emma has one more one more move up her sleeve, one that she has been thinking about for a long time. Uh, and on one hand, the scene is freaking badass, but on the other hand, Emma does make a lot of mistakes in it that would um, be put uh, held against her in 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 the hearing that she is hoping to have. <laughs> yes. Because she she is like Regina. Take it outside. We got to go. So they go out in the hallway and Emma just lays it on her, says, I know it was you. I know you've got the whole town in the palm of your hand. I know you hate Mary Margaret. I don't know why, but I don't care. Uh, All I know is that you have hurt someone I love. You tried to take someone. Oh, She said, you tried to take away someone I love. So I'm going to do the same to you. I want my son. I'm fighting for my son. Like she lays down the law. She is going for custody. Oh shit. That's Get big. It, girl. It, that this is a big this is a big deal. Mhm. Not only just for the show but also for Emma as a character. Like oh, this yeah. this is her taking a big stance and this is also Regina having to face something she could truly lose because most of the other stuff in her life she doesn't give a shit about. But Henry, yeah. she cares a lot. Henry is the only thing. Like, she cares about two things. Snow getting her comeuppance. And and Henry. Like, that's end of list. At, oh, maybe her apple tree somewhere on there. But, like, that's it. That's the end of the list. And this is the thing that she's been afraid of the moment Emma showed up. The mm-hmm. moment Emma arrived, she was afraid of this happening. And she pushed Emma to the point of making it happen. Like, Regina has such a great, like, the fairy tale self-fulfilling prophecy is just encapsulated in Regina. Like, she just tries to avoid stuff, and she makes it happen faster somehow every single time. She's trying too hard to paddle back to shore, and it's just drifting her further out to sea. Well, that was season one, episode 19, The Return, and we learn the true reason why the curse came to be. Not the how, we don't have all the hows yet, because there's still a lot of pieces left for that, but we now know the why. And it was it's connected to, to Balefire, and that's a big deal, and that's going to motivate a lot of things in the future. Uh, what were your thoughts on this episode? I like this episode. This was a very... Um this was an exposition episode. Like this is the episode that like continued us on the story because a a lot more is about to happen in the next couple of episodes. And this sets up so many pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, and it explains a lot. And I, I really liked it. Um, I liked what you were saying before. Like like everyone took their smart people pills Mm -hmm. because we had to barrel through a lot of this, (laughs) except for Sydney. Uh, Sydney is the only one that didn't like, he took a big bowl of stupid juice and was just like, we, uh, but I think everybody was on their game because it was like, we need to get like five episodes worth of decisions done through this one. And it was satisfying because we didn't have to muddle through a bunch of stuff. Like, it was just like, August is here. August pretends to be Balefire. Uh, it's not him. And now we've set August in a completely different motion. Like, the beginning of this episode, uh, 
Rump or Mr. Gold had no idea who August is. By the end of the episode, he is furious with August, but also put him into motion for another plan. Like all of this has happened. Um, the daggers in play. Uh, we've we've I don't know, like did a Chekhov gun, Chekhov's gun with uh, with Balefire, and just the whole Mary Margaret thing's a mess. So I liked it. I really enjoyed this episode. And we also have a ticking time bomb in August because he's dying. Like yeah. he needs this thing to be solved and to be solved quickly. So we've got that. We've got that timeline that we've got to follow. Um, and I really like Emma stepping up and challenging Regina. I like Mr. Gold stepping up and not not really challenging Regina, just showing her that she's never been on the same field as him, and yeah. and putting her like everybody's putting Regina closer and closer to that corner and the closer she gets into that corner the harder she's going to fight to get out and it's like that's going to be really fascinating to see when she's pushed to her totally pushed to her limit yeah this is it you think this whole time like you i I guess you like through most of the season you kind of experience rumple and regina like in vacuums where you're just like regina's the worst and then you're like rumple's the worst and then they're in the same town together, existing on their own kind of whatever, and then they sort of interact every once in a while. And this is kind of the episode where you realize that Regina and Rumpel are playing the same game, but they're playing very different versions of the game. Mm-hmm. And that Regina is not as powerful as she thinks she is. She tries. Like, she seemed like she was really in control at the end of the episode, but this was her making, like, a Hail Mary pass to save her own ass. Yeah. yeah. And now she's lost one of her biggest allies, Sydney, yeah. who who was her fixer for so much stuff. Like, is there another figure in the town who is as much in her pocket as Sydney is? No, no. she's she's losing she's losing her her biggest pawn. Like she's no. the queen and her pawn has been taken by the other queen, who's Emma. Well, like at the beginning of the episode, I mean or at the beginning of the season, like she had Graham. Mm-hmm. And she had Sydney, and she had Mr. Gold as kind of just like reserves. And now at this point, she's turned on Mr. Gold. Graham is dead, and Sydney is now incarcerated for murder. Or no, not murder, kidnapping. Not just dead. She killed him. Well, yeah, yeah, she killed him. She killed so, Graham. So like, she she killed him. <laughs> Regina, and and we see that in the in the in the past as well. Not with her before her magic with with uh, Daniel, but. Uh, it's definitely one of those things where you're just like Regina paints herself into these corners. She does a lot of this to herself without realizing it. Like she's that person that alienates herself from all of her friends and then cries. Cause she's alone. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like, I can't believe this has happened. It's like you drove every single person away that you love or I don't know, got them framed for kidnapping. What do you want? Like she has nothing and she's in the process about to lose Henry. Yeah. Well, we've got what, Three, four more episodes of the season. Oh, wow. We have only three more episodes. We have... Wait, what's the next one? What's the, uh, next one? the next one is... Let me check the title. The Stranger. That's the um, that's the August story. And that's actually okay. a really big one. Um, I'm actually really excited for that. And then we have the two-part season finale, which eventually gets to Sword, Basement, Dragon. It goes there. 
We're going to go there. We're going to get there. A lot is about to happen. Oh, my God. Yeah, a lot's about to happen. Uh, But in the meantime, we want to thank everybody for uh, sticking with us through. We're almost through season one, you guys. And then we're going to get into season two. And that's just going to be buck wild. Uh, We want to give a special thank you to our wonderful patrons for supporting us, especially our snow queens. That would be Lisa Slack, Patrick Stevens, Jacob Fulcalt, Paul, Brian Sanina, Blake Brinkley and Zach Chobanoff. Uh, if you are a $5 plus patron, be on the lookout soon for the next bonus episode. We will have that up uh, soon for you guys. Uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, uh, you can get early access to episodes, bonus content, or even a shout out in every episode. Uh, head to patreon.com slash OUA timing for more information. If you want to subscribe to us, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. On Twitter at twitter.com slash OUA timing. I am at Beth Elderkin. I'm at just underscore Abby. Hey, I just ran out of breath, you guys. <laughs> so many words. And we will be back next week with season one, episode 19, The Stranger, where we're going to finally learn who August is, although we've been talking about him for weeks. So no surprise there, guys. We are terrible at keeping secrets. Sorry. <laughs> so thanks, everyone, for joining us. And Abby, we'll see you next week. See you next week, Beth. Hopefully with no... Well, there's a debate next week, too, so... There's three of them. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.